How's it going, everybody? You are listening to the Eastminster Young Adults Podcast, a place where you can learn more about what it means to be a young adult Christian in times like these. You know, studies show that two of every three young adults have a challenging time finding Christian community. Eastminster Presbyterian Church seeks to create a community where you can be known, loved, and challenged without the fear of facing judgment. In doing so, we believe that the world will be a better place. So thanks for listening to the podcast. All right, everyone, this is Pastor Joe, and like the other episodes of the podcast, try to take some time at the beginning of the podcast to ask somebody questions so we get to know them. And so uh, since I couldn't find anybody this week, I'll go ahead and take another stab at it this week. So the question is, this is an icebreaker question, what is a bizarre habit or like personality quirk that you have that uh, maybe somebody else may not have? Okay, so like just revealing a bit of what, you know, some of the weird stuff that we do. I tend to make everything a game. Uh, and I think this is something my grandma has told me that I've done. She said, I could put you in a cardboard box, give you a Nerf ball, and you'd figure out some game. And so I just remember like in my first job, I worked as a dry cleaner, like front desk person. I would take people's clothes, check it in, pin it, all that stuff, getting ready for it to be cleaned. And there was like this jar where our ballpoint pins used to go into so we could use it, the customers could use it. This is back in the day, imagine it with me, where you would have to write checks in order to pay for stuff, right? And I would be able to um, fill out the, the, the paperwork that I would need to do, tag the clothes, and as I was walking to a part of the building where the st- their dirty laundry would be le- laid, I could keep a walking stride and shoot the pen into that pen cup holder. And I'm not saying 10 out of 10, but maybe like 6 out of 10, I'd sink it, boom, every time. And so I would do weird stuff like that. Um, man, if, if you're on a work team with me, there's a good chance we all get nicknames. And I, you know, do other stuff where we make games. And like there was this one time, uh, some friends and I, we would make, if you ever, if you ever heard of cock, Cockney Rhyme Slang, this is like the weird slang that they use in London and stuff and I mean you could just like Google it or YouTube Cockney Rhyme Sling and we made like a glossary of terms so that if we use it in an email or in a meeting it's like a code that we'd use like this weird stuff like that like I just do stuff like that all the time I, th- I feel like life is well played for whatever reason I'm a pretty serious person but I still like to do all these weird games you can easily lure me into a cornhole game game of horse um Whatever, like I'm up for it. Like you don't even have to explain all the rules to me. I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. So, what about you? What is something strange? Like maybe do you, I don't know, like count your steps from the car to the office? I mean, what what's a, a weird personality quirk that you do? Uh, but it makes you you, and so let's celebrate it. So why don't you drop me a line and uh, tell me about it? Thanks for hearing me out. All right, friends, so we have been talking about habits during season two, and I'm going to bring it to a conclusion today to talk about one more aspect of habits that I think is useful for us in a faith community. And so the next next week's episode, we're going to start season three and a brand new topic, which is called End It, or How Do You End Things? Necessary Endings is a book that I've been reading from Dr. Henry Cloud, and I just think sometimes we struggle with wanting to, like knowing when to walk away in a in a right and true way. 
And so, uh, you know, we just got this thing where we just want to see it all the way through, but sometimes we stay too long. And so how can we learn a way to end things correctly? So that's going to be next week will be season three, episode one. But for now, let's wrap up the habits. So in habits, we've talked about the anatomy of habits. We've talked about how to slowly build new habits. We've talked about how you can use storyline plot formats to build new habits. Uh, we've talked about some like how to be in corporate habits and stuff like that. So uh, how to be in habits and community. And so I think that I just want to dovetail that idea of habits and community with one more thing to think about. And so the title of this episode is called The Threshold of a Habit. And it's simply this. There is just gobs and gobs of research now. What, which tries to examine, like, when people believe something, when do they go from merely believing in something to actually following through and doing something? And so there is a sociologist named Mark Granovetter who was not content with the assumption that people do what they believe. Um, he, he thought there was something else going on in there. And his name came up in an episode of Revisionist History from Malcolm Gladwell, which talked about, like, there was this time in the history of the NBA when Wilt Chamberlain, who's a KU grad, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, he was a terrible free throw shooter. A strategy against him was to foul him because they knew that if they didn't foul him, he was just going to dunk it on you. If you could foul him, he might make one or zero of those free throw shots. And so Rick Barry, who was famous of doing like the granny shot, like the underhanded shot instead of like the overhanded typical free throw shot, Rick Barry was a fantastic free throw shooter, and he shot underhand. Now, he looked ridiculous in doing so, but he made a high percentage. In fact, I think he like pulled Chamberlain aside, and he taught him the ways, and Chamberlain started doing it, and he was making way more free throws. But he thought he looked ridiculous because nobody else was doing it. And so he decided to go back, and his free throw percentage went all the way down again. And so this is, this is how belief and action and threshold all come into play. Chamberlain knew, he believed that underhand free throw shooting was better, but because the, not everybody was doing it and nobody else was doing it besides me, Rick Barry, the threshold of actually falling through was too high. And so he pushed away from his beliefs and he behaved in his unbelief. And so he started shooting overhand again and it was terrible. And so Mark Granovetter, he just said that there is, there's, there's a simply like, we all have a threshold, which is a minimum amount of people who are also doing that habit. That's the threshold. And if we can find enough people like us doing that type of habit, then we will fall through and actually do the habit. So an example, let's say we are in a carload of our friends and it's at night and we get the idea of driving 100 miles an hour in the pitch black of night and uh, we know better. Like We know this is not safe. It's not wise. So why don't we stop? We don't stop because there is not, like, maybe if there was like one other friend in the car who says, hey, this isn't a great idea, maybe we would. So make the, the minimum threshold has at least one person telling us not to do it, and then we might do it. But since the rest of the three knuckleheads in that car are telling us to do it and egging us on, we don't choose to embrace what we believe. And so we have to figure out, are we going to fall through with the new habit regardless if anyone else does it or not? Like, are we willing to go out on our own, to blaze a new trail, to be entrepreneurial? Like, if the rest of our friends aren't engaging with it, are we going to be strong enough to endure? If not, then we need to plumb into a bit of a, a discernment, like a, the depth of a discernment and say, okay, 
how many people would it take for me to stick with this? Then we construct that community in order to be able to embrace those uh, habits because our belief and our threshold of community will match together and then we'll fall through with our habits. So what does this mean for everyday life? I think what this would mean for everyday life is pick the habit. And I want to, like not just a workout habit, not just a diet habit. I want to think about like a spiritual habit, the spiritual habit of uh, making sure that we spend time with God regularly. If that's every day or if that's a solid chunk once a week. If we are under the impression that maybe one or just a few of our peers are doing this, even though we believe that it would aid our spirituality, we have to figure out how many friends it's going to take. Now, for some of us, we may not eat any. And so we just need to do it. And we need to say, okay, just embrace it. I'm going to be weird. I am going to be distinct from my friends. And I'm just going to go through with it, right? But for some of us, we're like, no, I, I know that I need at least one other person in loving accountability who will walk with me. Okay, so then we go on a search to find that person. Maybe it's like, no, I need to be in a, a group load of people. Like I need to have like eight or 10. And that is not a confession that we are a weak human being and lack self-control. It's not it. It's just we know ourselves. If we're highly relational, we might have a higher threshold of people who need to embody the same practices in order for us to fall through the habit. Okay. So we seem to like figure out who we are when in our identity, do we need people to be with us? Yes. No. If it's yes, then how many? And then begin to go on a search to construct that community. Okay. So we've talked about different habits before. And so from here on out, I'm going to talk about those five habits with the acronym bells, one per podcast episode, because I think these are habits that we need to embody if we want to be missional Christians in a world like ours. If we want to have inner transformation, world transformation around us, these five habits are proven to help us in that regard. And so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mention them, repeat them again and again, because I want us to, as a collective, a young adult ministry here at Eastminster, I want to say this is the stuff that we're known for. And it's going to help us. So some of us, we don't need a ton of people to talk us into this. We're already going to do it. For some of us, we might need some more activity. And so what you're going to hear from me and hopefully others in our ministry is that we're embodying these practices so that we might feel more and more of a comfort in order to do so. And so let me just tell you an example of what I'm doing. So um, I ever, so I became a Christian at the age of 16 and I was told at the church that I belonged to initially that if you read the Bible and try to do what it says, you become like a biblical Christian. And so I started reading the Gospels and the book of Acts and the rest of the New Testament. I thought, wow, like the church, uh, we should be seeing like signs and wonders. Like what I mean by signs and wonders, like we pray for stuff and stuff happens because it's happening all over the pages. And so I remember like going to the leadership of my first church and going, hey, it doesn't seem like the stuff that Jesus and his followers are doing, like that we're seeing much of that stuff happen. And so like you guys told me to read and to follow through. And so I'm reading. And so who's going to help me follow through this stuff? Because it'd be great. Like, it would cause wonder and awe if we could see God do stuff like this, right? And so throughout the rest of my 20 years of Christianity, like I've seen God do miracles. I've seen God answer prayer in demonstrative ways. But if I were to be honest, like I think the modern American church indoctrinates us, maybe not directly, but indirectly to lower our expectations of these things happening, right? And so 
I, I, I just want to confess to you, you know, to this, our listening audience here that I want to see this stuff happen more. And I have a feeling that the more we pray and expect, the more times this stuff will happen. Now I'm not testing God. I'm not trying to demand from God. I'm just saying, I think this is a natural outworking of the Christian life. And I think there's probably more at different times and seasons than others, but I'm going to give myself to expecting, praying, studying, and trying to apply this facet of the ministry of church of just praying over the sick and see what God might do. And so what have I done in response to this? Um, right now I'm teaching a grow group on Sunday mornings to uh, a section of our community, and we're reading through the New Testament. And so what I'm doing is anytime a sign and a wonder, an angelic visitation, a dream, a teaching about the gifts of the Spirit— Wherever we are as we go through the New Testament beginning to end, I'm just copying and pasting that into a document, and I'm saying, okay, this is the biblical evidence of this stuff happening. And so I'm just going to read over it. I'm going to continue to bring it before me and expect that as long as we give ourselves this, that God might do this stuff, right? I'm also getting some training. I'm, I'm taking some online courses on how to pray for the sick, and not in some strange televangelistic way. I'm just very common. I'm praying for needs of people, and how do we do that? And so that we might see stuff happen. And so... I feel like my threshold to try to do this stuff is rather low because this is stuff that I've kind of embraced and expected for quite a long time now. And so I've bought a course and I think Ginger and I and even like our kids will read and consider and then we're just going to start praying for people and, um, you know, see what might happen. So if you've wondered why this stuff is not happening and you'd like to maybe see some like use us as your threshold of people in your comfort level. And you can join us in our little band, and who knows, like maybe as we continue to give ourselves to this, more people will join us, and then we'll pray for more people, and then stuff's going to happen. So I just, leverage us if you like, if you'd like to journey into this world in a rather loving and humble way to say, God, do the stuff that you've always done, and do it through us if you're willing. So find a community, figure out what you want to do, decide how many people it's going to take to go from belief to action get that community together, and then begin to move towards greater habits in our life because we have the community of support around us. So reach out to me if you have any other interest or feedback or response from our habits series. But next week, we will jump into a new topic, and that topic is going to be how to end it, how to stop something so you can start something new. So thanks for hearing me out. Hey friends, it's Pastor Joe once again, drawing you to community. It's important for us to find community always, but during a time of pandemic where group sizes are limited, it's important for us to connect. And if you're tired of Zoom, there's others who are, but Zoom still works. And so we just got to figure out, can I find a group of people who will like have the same commitment for community right now in the midst of this continual mitigation of COVID-19? And so we've got ways to do that. We've got existing groups at Eastminster. There's ways for you to get connected. There is a unique young adult study that happens at two different times of the week. One is on Sunday mornings led by Wendy Stevens during the 9.30 service hours. So if you like more information, you can go to our website or you can just keep your eyes peeled for Facebook and you'll get some directions there. The second one is an Enneagram study. It was on Monday nights, but because my son Ezra has hockey on Monday nights now. I had to move it to Thursday. And so we'll, we're meeting Thursdays. We're going through the Enneagram. We're having a great time. We're laughing. We're learning. 
it's a great time. So that's on uh, sorry Thursdays at 7 p.m. at the church. And so those are two young adult groups. There's multi-generation groups. If you want to start your own group, that's awesome. Be entrepreneurial. Blaze a new trail. Reach out to me. I'll give you some information, and we can find perhaps some others who are interested in starting a small group community. But get connected because real, authentic Christian community happens in community. That's where the Christian life takes place. We don't do it. We're not solo Christians. We're doing it life together. And so please get connected during this time. So reach out, and I'll help you figure that out. Thanks for hearing me out. Hey, before we go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating so that more people can be drawn to the podcast. We also have a Eastminster Young Adults Facebook page. If you'd like to be a part of that, please look for it and send a request so we can add you to the closed group so you can stay up to date on all the things that are going on in young adult life. Thanks. We'll see you next time.